today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 says, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? There's no fellowship between light and darkness. So it's not like we look at something or some group or organization and, and say, well, I agree with what they're doing here. I disagree with everything else. And so I'm going to connect myself. to No, there's no fellowship between light and darkness. There's no common ground between righteousness and wickedness. Do you ever find it hard as a Christian to be true friends with unbelievers? There's always going to be a gap. Things left unsaid. Today, Pastor Dan reminds us why that is. We aren't meant to yoke ourselves with people who don't follow Jesus. That doesn't mean you shun them. It just means your relationship doesn't look the same as it would if you both followed Christ. You need people in your life in whom you can confide and receive advice from. And as a Christian, that will never be with an unbeliever. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 49 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. All right, so we're going to be in Genesis 49 today. We left off at verse 29. It says, Then Jacob charged his sons and said to them, I am to be gathered to my people. Bury me with my fathers in the cave that is in the field of Ephron the Hittite, in the cave that is in the field of Machpelah, which is before Mamre in the land of Canaan, which Abraham bought with the field of Ephron the Hittite as a possession for a burial place. There they buried Abraham and Sarah, his wife. There they buried Isaac and Rebekah, his wife. And there I buried Leah. The field and the cave that is there were purchased from the sons of Heth. And when Jacob had finished commanding his sons, I love this verse, he drew his feet up into the bed, And he breathed his last and was gathered to his people. And then Joseph fell on his father's face and wept over him and kissed him. And Joseph commanded his servants, the physicians, to embalm his father. So the physicians embalmed Israel. Forty days were required for him, for such are the days required for those who are embalmed. But you already knew that, right? And and the Egyptians mourned for him seventy days. Now, when the days of his mourning were past, Joseph spoke to the household of Pharaoh, saying, If now I have found favor in your eyes, please speak in the hearing of Pharaoh, saying, My father made me swear, saying, Behold, I am dying in my grave, which I dug for myself in the land of Canaan. There you shall bury me. Now, therefore, please let me go up and bury my father, and I will come back. And Pharaoh said, Go up and bury your father, as he made you swear. So Joseph went up to bury his father, and with him went all the servants of Pharaoh, the elders of his house, and all the elders of the land of Egypt, as well as the house of Joseph, his brothers, and his father's house. Only their little ones and their flocks and their herds they left in the land of Goshen. 
And there went up with him both chariots and horsemen, and it was a very great gathering. Then they came to the threshing floor of Atad, which is beyond the Jordan, and they mourned there with a great and very solemn lamentation. He observed seven days of mourning for his father. And when the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites, saw the mourning at the threshing floor of Atad, they said, this is a deep mourning of the Egyptians. Therefore, its name was called Abel Mizraim, which is beyond the Jordan. So his sons did for him just as he had commanded them. For his sons carried him to the land of Canaan, buried him in the cave of the field of Machpelah before Mamre, which Abraham bought with the field from Ephron the Hittite as property for a burial place. And after he had buried his father, Joseph returned to Egypt, he and his brothers, and all who went up with him to bury his father. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, perhaps Joseph will hate us and may actually repay us for all the evil which we did to him. So they sent messengers to Joseph, saying, before your father died, he commanded, saying, thus you shall say to Joseph, I beg you, please forgive the trespass of your brothers and their sin, for they did evil to you. Now, please forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. And then his brothers also went and fell down before his face. And they said, behold, we are your servants. Joseph said to them, do not be afraid, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. In order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. Now, therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. And so Joseph dwelt in Egypt, he and his father's household. And Joseph lived 110 years. Joseph saw Ephraim's children to the third generation. The children of Machir, the son of Manasseh, were also brought up on Joseph's knees. And Joseph said to his brethren, I am dying, but God will surely visit you. And bring you out of this land to the land of which he swore to Abraham, Isaac, and to Jacob. And then Joseph took an oath from the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here. And so Joseph died, being 110 years old, and they embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. So in this final section of the book of Genesis, we have the record of the death of Jacob and the death of Joseph. Uh, In chapter 49, as as you recall, Jacob was on his deathbed and he declared uh, prophetic blessings on each of his 12 sons and their descendants. We looked at those blessings in depth. Uh, And then when Jacob finished, knowing that he was about to die, Jacob gave his sons instructions concerning his burial. And before we talk about Jacob's instructions regarding his burial, I want you to notice in verse 29, Jacob said, I am to be gathered to my people. And then at the end of verse 33, Jacob breathed his last and was gathered to his people. The phrase gathered to his people is a figure of speech that describes the eternal state. Notice Jacob was gathered to his people after he breathed his last in verse 33. So the phrase is not just a euphemism for death. It's talking about what happens after a person dies. 
Immediately after a person experiences physical death, they are gathered to their people. They join a company of people who have preceded them into eternity. The spirit continues to live after physical death, and the spirit has consciousness after physical death. When we breathe our last breath in this life, each of us will be immediately gathered to our people. That's true for a believer. That's true for a non-believer. And so the question is, who are your people? Who are your people that you will be gathered to after you die? And some of you might, well, my, my people are Ravens fans, you know, right? I'm going to be gathered with all the Ravens fans in the great by and by. No, listen, listen to me. Uh, there's really only two groups that you can be gathered to after you die. You will either be gathered together with believers in heaven or with non-believers in hell. That's the only two places. That's the only two groups. Heaven or hell. If you've put your faith in Jesus Christ for salvation, you will be gathered together with other believers in heaven with Jesus Christ. When a believer dies physically, they immediately go into the presence of Jesus Christ. John chapter 11, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Though we experience physical death, we will continue to live. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse eight says, when we are absent from our body, we are present with the Lord. Isn't that good news? To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord for the believer in Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am there you may be also, with Jesus in heaven. Philippians chapter 1, Paul says, I desire, listen, I desire to depart this life and go be with Jesus, he says, which is far better. It's far better. So when the believer dies, we're gathered together with other believers in heaven with Jesus. Now, when the non-believer, the unsaved person, dies physically, their spirit is gathered together with other non-believers in hell. And listen, hell is not some big party with all your friends. The Bible describes hell as a place of continual torment that begins the moment a non-believer dies. It's a place of unquenchable fire. It's a place of great anguish a place where people are wailing in agony, the Bible says, and gnashing their teeth in anger. So when we die, we immediately begin to experience God's blessings in heaven or God's judgment in hell. Jacob was gathered to his people, those faithful to God. And notice Jacob's instructions regarding his burial in verse 29. Jacob charged his sons and said to them, I am to be gathered to my people Bury me, notice, bury me with my fathers in the cave that is in the field of Ephron the Hittite, in the cave that is in the field of Machpelah, which is before Mamre, in the land of Canaan. Remember, they're in Egypt right now. Which Abraham bought with the field of Ephron the Hittite as a possession for a burial place. There they buried Abraham and Sarah, his wife. There they buried Isaac and Rebekah his wife, and there I buried Leah, 
the field and the cave that is there were purchased from the sons of Heth. So Jacob here charges his sons to bury him in the cave of Machpelah that was purchased by Abraham back in chapter 23. Pastor Dan will have more to share from today's Ring of Truth study in just a moment. But right now, he'd like to invite you to worship with us this Sunday morning. Here's Pastor Dan to tell you a little more. I heard recently that many people who listen to Christian radio are not part of a local church. Hey, if that's you, I'd like for you to join us this weekend as our guest at Calvary Chapel located in Columbia, Maryland. The teachings you've enjoyed here on Ring of Truth are from messages I've shared with the congregation at Calvary Chapel. We have two meeting times on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. You can find out more and get directions at our website, calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Now let's get back to today's message on Ring of Truth. The cave of Machpelah was the first piece of land the Hebrews or the Jewish people owned in the promised land. A grave. Now, if you're a note taker, every time the cave of Machpelah is mentioned in Genesis, it is reiterated that it was purchased legally by Abraham from the Hittites. And that it belongs to Abraham and his descendants. Every time God makes a point to tell us that, it's as if God foreknew the Jews' right to the land would be continually contested throughout history. And that throughout history, there would be people that say the Jews have no right to that land. And so God makes a point over and over and over in the scriptures to tell us the land legally belongs to them. Notice at the end of verse 31, Jacob desires to be buried next to Leah. And next to that in your Bible, you can write the word, aw, right? If you remember, Jacob loved Rachel. And Jacob worked seven years to marry Rachel, and then he was tricked by his uncle Laban and ended up marrying Leah, and not by choice, He didn't choose Leah, but now he comes to the end of his life. Jacob wanted to be buried next to Leah and not Rachel. To Leah was born Judah. And from Judah will come the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ. The greatest blessing comes from his marriage to Leah. And so bury me next to Leah. He has come to this realization And so verse 33, and when Jacob had finished commanding his sons, he drew his feet into the bed and breathed his last and was gathered to his people. Jacob was ready for death. He was ready for death. He wasn't fearful when it came his time to die. No, the only way for a person to be ready for death is by putting their trust and hope in Jesus Christ, because Jesus Christ is the only one who has overcome death. He is the only one who has defeated death for us through his resurrection. So for us as believers, those of us that are here that are believers, that have put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, for us, there's no fear in death. We, We actually look forward to dying and going to be with Jesus. Again, as Paul said, going to be with Jesus is far better than staying here In this world, Jacob was ready to go. He told his kids what he wanted to say to them before he died. And then he pulls his feet up into the bed. He lays down. He breathes his last breath. 
and he's immediately gathered to his people in glory. What a way to go. And I hope that you're ready to go. And that brings us to verse 1 of chapter 50. Remember, there's no chapter breaks in the original text. Then Joseph fell on his father's face and wept over him and kissed him. You know, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 says, As believers, we sorrow over death, but we do not sorrow as those who have no hope. You know, sorrow and, and, and grief are, are natural responses to death, even for the believer. You know, God cre- originally created mankind for life. He didn't really create us for death. We weren't really created to have the, the capacity to process death. We don't have that application on our hard drive. And so we we sorrow and we grieve deeply when a loved one dies. Joseph's response here is the natural response of a son whose dad just died. We sorrow over death, but we do not sorrow as those who have no hope. The sorrow of a believer over a believer that has died is different from the sorrow of a non-believer. As a pastor, I've been in situations, both situations, where being present and having the privilege of being present when someone dies, and quite often you can see a difference in just the way the family responds. If they're believers and the person that has died is a believer, or they're non-believers, you can tell. As believers, we take comfort in the promises of God's word. We take comfort in the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the hope that that gives us. And when a believer dies, we we know we will see them again in heaven. We'll go to join them one day in heaven. One of the things that will make heaven so glorious and joyful is the reunion we will have with others that have gone before us who've died in Christ. Uh, You know, my mom was a believer. She died when I was a teenager. I can't wait to see her again. Introduce her to my wife, my kids my wife will meet her mother-in-law in in glory. She's not going to have to deal with her mother-in-law here, this side of glory, right? Free from sin and perfection. So verse 2, and so notice this, Joseph commanded his servants, the physicians, underline that word physicians, to embalm his father. So the physicians embalmed Israel Forty days were required for him, for such are the days required for those who are embalmed. And the Egyptians mourned for him 70 days. So Joseph, remember, is the second highest ranking official in the Egyptian government. He's second only to Pharaoh. And he has his father embalmed according to the Egyptian method of embalming or mummifying something that was done for the most uh, important people in Egypt, typically the royal family. And I don't know if you've ever seen an Egyptian mummy. There is one on display at the uh, Museum of Natural History down in Washington, D.C. You should go check it out. I've got to warn you, if you've got young children, it's going to give them nightmares to see it. It's right at eye level for children, so, and it's right around, you come around a corner, whoa, hey, there's a mummy, you know, kind of thing. Uh, but it's, it's pretty, pretty interesting to see. But I want you to note here that that Joseph had physicians embalm his father. Now, why do I point that out? Egyptians typically were embalmed by priests, Egyptian priests. And there was this whole religious ritual that went along with the whole embalming 
process. But Jacob has his father embalmed by physicians. He doesn't want to participate in any kind of Egyptian religious ritual. Uh, So this is kind of a secular embalming instead of a religious embalming. And this is a good example for us, I think. It's a good example for us of not compromising. Not compromising with, with a group or an organization that you can't agree with as a believer in Jesus Christ. I can't connect myself to them because of what they stand for or what they're about or what they believe. If it's contrary to the word of God or it's contrary to Jesus Christ or it's contrary to the gospel. You know, 2 Corinthians chapter 6 says, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? There's no fellowship between light and darkness. So it's not like we look at something or some group or organization and and say, well, I agree with what they're doing here. I disagree with everything else. And so I'm going to connect myself. No, there's no fellowship between light and darkness. There's no common ground between righteousness and wickedness. Joseph wanted his father's body embalmed, but not by Egyptian priests. Joseph was a Hebrew. He worshiped Yahweh, so he, he just he can't do that. I can't do that. As a worshiper of Yahweh, he's not going to use Egyptian priests for the job. He's not going to compromise in that way. So he hires physicians to do the embalming. Again, in verse 3, 40 days were required for him. For such are the days required for those who are embalmed. And then the Egyptians mourned for Jacob for 70 days. Now, when a pharaoh died... The Egyptians mourned for 72 days. And so that, that shows you the level of honor the Egyptians gave Jacob. And the Egyptians honored Jacob because of their gratitude to Joseph, right? Because of their respect for Joseph, because Joseph saved the nation during the time of, of famine. And so the whole nation now grieves for the death of Jacob. The Bible tells us to weep with those who, who weep. The Egyptians mourned with Joseph over the death of his father. Now, verse 4, Now when the days of his mourning were past, Joseph spoke to the household of Pharaoh, saying, If now I have found favor in your eyes, please speak in the hearing of Pharaoh, saying, My father made me swear, saying, Behold, I am dying in my grave, which I dug for myself in the land of Canaan. There you shall bury me. Now, therefore, please let me go up and bury my father, and I will come back. And Pharaoh said, Go up. And bury your father as he made you swear. Now, just a little uh, Bible nerd point for you here. When the Bible talks about going up to somewhere or going down to somewhere, it's not talking about direction as we would. You know, like you would go up to Philadelphia. You'd go down to Richmond. We describe things, you know, directionally. In Bible times, people traveled on foot. So when you read they went up or they went down. It's talking about a change in elevation as they're traveling on foot. So Joseph went up to bury his father at Machpelah and Hebron or Hebron. Hebron is at a higher elevation than Goshen. He asked me how I know and I say brings truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton as he teaches verse by verse through the book of Genesis. This Old Testament book of history and the start of what God created teaches you much about God's plan for the future. 
We hope you'll continue to tune in for Pastor Dan's studies. If you ever have any questions about what you've heard or would like someone to pray with, would you give us a call? You can reach us by calling 410-491-4592. Once again, that number is 410-491-4592. You can also fill out the prayer request form at calvaryec.com. Just click on the Connect tab to access it. We'd love to meet you in person, too. If you're in Columbia, Maryland, please join us this weekend for worship and studying Scripture together at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. There'll be time to meet your brothers and sisters in Christ, too, and to spend time in prayer. We look forward to sharing this time of worship together with you. You'll find service times and directions at our website, calvaryec.com. While you're there, please be sure to check out additional teachings from the Bible, and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Once more, that's calvaryec.com. That's all we have time for today. There's much more to gain through this study through the book of Genesis, so be sure to join us next time on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize